We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Oklahoma City Thunder select Chet Holmgren from Gonzaga University. What a pass. Giddy underneath for JRE. The reverse and the rookie-to-rookie action. SGA defended closely by Westbrook. Tough step back. Gets up the shot. Banks This is Udart. You're listening to the Uncontested. What is up and welcome to the Uncontested Podcast. Coming to you live Sunday, November 27th, year of our Lord, 2022. I'm your host for the evening, Jacob Niffin. It's the two-man game tonight, a little pick-and-roll action. Got my guy Nick Crane with me. If we were a two-man game, who's who's the guard, who's the screener? I was about to ask, who's, who's pick-and-rolling and who's the ball handler? Well, I don't pass, so I probably have the ball in my hands. <laughs> and I'm probably not passing on the... Uh, so you're just coming the off the screen either. and firing it. Yes, you're more of a pick-and-pop guy, though. Yeah, yeah, I play. I play a little. I'll do a little bit of everything. Dang, little, little three, jack of all three, trades three kind level of guy. Score, huh? Three level score. I'll, I'll do. I'll do what's needed. We are brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network and DailyThunder.com. If you haven't already, go follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Drop that sub on the YouTube channel. That would be great. I would appreciate it. Also, shout out to everybody that is in the live stream with us tonight. There was people in the live stream with me last night after that horrific Rockets Brutal. game. Uh, so shout out to you guys. You guys have seen a lot of me this week. In seven days, this is pod number five for me. I'm on four. Just pouring them in, baby. We got to do what we got to do. Nick, no game today. So we get to kind of sit back, relax, and look at some Thunder stuff and some league-wide stuff, big picture-wise. I mean, there's there's games today. No Thunder games today. And we are about 25% through the NBA season. Figured this was a great time to reflect back a quarter of the way in. Look back at some preseason stuff. Kind of what we were expecting. Some of our anticipations, our expectations, our predictions. And revisit those and see what we see what we think. See where we were wrong. Uh, and notice some trends for the season. Maybe, so Maybe two. See where we were right. Oh, yes. I like that better. Potentially. Potentially. First big question, Nick, just the Thunder in general. Have they, 25% of the way into the year, 
have they overachieved, underachieved, or met your expectations? I'm going to say met. Interesting. I would say they've overachieved for me. If they were to keep this pace up for the entire year, I would say overachieved. I expected with a fully healthy roster before we get into the late months of the year, like this this time of year, I expected them to be halfway decent because they were halfway decent last year when the full roster was intact. Um, I think they've improved this year. So I would say they're, yeah, they're, they're about what I expected. If you ask me the same question in March and they've got the same win percentage, then absolutely overachieved. But at this point, I'm, I think I'm, I'm pretty neutral on that. Interesting. I had them starting the year two and eight in their first 10. Uh, they went four and six, I believe. You had two and eight? Yeah, their first 10 was Minnesota, Denver, Minnesota, Clippers, Clippers, Dallas, Orlando, Denver, Milwaukee, Detroit. The only two wins preseason I saw there were Orlando and Detroit. Instead, they rattled off four wins, a, a three, four win stretch there, actually. The two Clippers games, the Dallas game, and that um, that Magic game. Four wins straight in a row, and then they ended up losing that stupid Detroit game that they shouldn't have lost. They overachieved what I thought they would be in that first stretch because that first stretch was very difficult. I would say since that 10, they've probably underachieved for, for me. Since then, lost to Milwaukee, beat Toronto, beat the Knicks, lost to the Celtics, beat the Wizards, and then lost to Memphis, lost to New York, lost to Denver, win against Chicago, lost against the Rockets. It's kind of where we're at right now. I would say that that second 10 game, how many games is that actually? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, yeah, 10, Yeah, we're 20 11. games in. That second 11, they won one, two, three, four. Uh, I think they should have won more than that. So they've kind of underachieved for me since. But I think my expectations kind of shifted after those first 10. If Oklahoma City beats Houston last night, whether it's by a point or by 20 points, and you have a different taste in your mouth, do you think your answer to the second 10 changes your opinion? Probably a little bit, yeah. That would put them at 9 and 11. Uh, Still think they should have beat the Knicks at home. Um, that was one that kind of have had chalk done as, as a, as a win. Um, yeah, but yeah, if they beat the Rockets, I think I would say like, oh, they, they met expectations for that second stretch based off of where my expectations shifted to. So yeah. they've been kind of up, kind of down. Um, overall though, they are at eight and 12. They are better than where I would thought they would be 20 games in. Yeah. I did not think they would be there 20 games in. Have you looked ahead to the next 10 at all? Next 10, well, the whole month of December yeah. is a gauntlet. Yeah. Next 10 for our listeners, Pelicans, Spurs, Minnesota, Atlanta Hawks, Memphis Grizzlies, Cleveland Cavaliers, Dallas Mavericks, Miami Heat, Minnesota, and Memphis again. And I think that includes a five-game road trip, which is the longest of the season. That is true. That is very true. Yeah, and that one start, that five-game road trip is Minnesota, Atlanta, Memphis, Cleveland, Dallas. Okay, I don't want you to go game by game, but I want you to just think of that. Think about that 10-game slate. Don't look at the schedule. Don't look at the schedule. You know who it is. Predict the record. 
I see you looking down. Quit I'm looking. looking down. I'm looking at it. Uh, they'll go three and seven. Ooh. Which would put them at eleven and nineteen. Oof. I think they went four. Four. Yeah. I think that's fair. That that road stretch is very oh. difficult. Um. So we'll see how they do. Pelicans tomorrow night looks like no Brandon Ingram, no CJ McCollum. That helps. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to the Poku versus Ion matchup. <laughs> That's going to be a blast. Literal polar opposite bodies. Poku's got you, you, you can't, and Zion's you, like smushed. You can't get more opposite than those two. No. Like you just can't do it. All right, Nick. So I asked you overachieve, underachieve, or met expectations for the Oklahoma City Thunder as a whole. Let's go through the roster. Um, 15 guys. We we can make this go kind of quick. I'm going to ask you, though, uh, over, under, or met expectations on each of these guys. You let me know where they fall. Okay? Okay. First one, uh, I'm just going in the order that uh, I, I think Basketball Reference has them organized by points per game. Okay. So first one, Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Over, and it's... It's so far over that I didn't even fathom he'd be this good this year. I don't know. I might catch some flack for this in the chat. If I do, that's okay. I don't know if when I envisioned Shea at the absolute peak of his powers, it was this. Like 27-year-old Shea, 28-year-old Shea, who's like physically like in his prime, who has mastered his game and his offseason isn't growing. It's just making tweaks and, and refining his skill. When he's at the top of his growth curve, I didn't know it was going to be this good. And he's still three to four years away from that. That's the thing about podcasting is anything we say is on record forever. Um, if you were to go back and listen to any pod we've done in the last, call it two years, um, I've been on record saying like I don't think he can be the number one guy, the alpha of a team, like the top scorer the number one option, like the Thunder still have to find that guy. Um, I've changed my mind. I think lots of people had that thought. And that was, that was a reason that some people were anti Chet. Like Chet's a great player and he's going to do like everything on both ends. Like he's a great offensive player, great defensive player. He can be that perfect complimentary, like second or third option, but they're like, he's not the alpha that Oklahoma city needs. And I agree with that, that, that I never said, Oklahoma City shouldn't draft Chet for that reason. But I agree that like Chet probably also is not going to be an alpha number one guy. Um, that'd be more Capallo. But after seeing Shea this year, like Chet is even more of a no-brainer pick to fit alongside Shea. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Hey, those of you who are in the chat and the live stream with us tonight, as we go through these, let us know if you think for each of these players, overachieved, underachieved, or met expectations 25% of the way through. Nick, next one. Lugens Dort, overachieve, underachieve, or met expectations? It's a really hard one because he's been so up and down. It's hard to put a season that's been so lopsided into a bucket. Um, I'm going to go under, maybe unpopular. Um, not that he's been like a horrible player this year. He's probably been the same if not a little bit worse than last year on the on the entire season as a whole whereas i thought he might be a guy that could score 19 20 a game this year especially with chet out um 
I thought he may be a guy that just takes that next step that this might be his last year to do this. Like when, when Chet comes back and when Josh has another under his belt and when this 23 lottery pick comes in, like Lou may not ever again have the opportunity to take 16 to 20 shots a game. Like this is the year to do it. I thought this might be the year he would do it and he just hasn't. Yeah. Um, I would say under for me as well, just a little underwhelming. Um, he is playing around the same amount of minutes. Um, but his three point percentage has gone down 3%. His field goal percentage overall has remained the same. Um, his two point percentage is about average or about the same as last year. He's dropped four point four points. Um, the assists are up. The rebounds are up a little bit. Just doesn't look as comfortable out there. Um, I think recently he started to find a groove, and so that's nice. Uh, so maybe this is a trend upwards. He started the season slow, and he's trending back up. Um, but I would say so far under for for Lou Dort. Next guy, let's go with Josh Giddy. Met expectations, but not in the way that I expected. <laughs> if that may, if that makes sense, like he's okay. Explain. He's looked better as a shooter. He's taken more shots. Like last year, the a big thing with him was like there was just times like he wouldn't shoot the ball, and you're like, dude. Like even when Shea was out, there was times where like you are you are the guy on the floor that should be taking shots, and he just wouldn't. He was just so passive. He was a pass first guy. And this season, he has taken the shots, which has been good to see. Um, I haven't looked at his year-over-year stats, um, but I his three-point attempts are actually down. Attempts or what about percentage? Attempts are down. Percentage is the exact same: point two six three versus point two six four. What about overall field goal? It, it seems a little higher. Uh, overall field goal percent, he went from forty-two percent to forty-six percent. Okay, so so better. So. On the on the overall scoring front, I feel better about him, right? I feel really good about him going to the basket this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's strong. He he finishes well. Like he's a guy that when he gets to the cup and he gets a smaller defender, like I feel good about him getting getting there and getting a bucket. Um, three point shot still not there, but he's shown some promise there. And you've got Chip England mm-hmm. and and you have some optimism, right? So that all that's good. Um, what I didn't expect was the regression as a facilitator and as a decision maker. Whereas last year he was this rookie that played like a vet. If you just watched him play, you're like this guy's been in the league for 10 years, probably like he makes these crazy passes. He's smart with the ball. Um, didn't make a ton of rookie mistakes. And this year is like the opposite. Mm-hmm. It's like he, he's overwhelmed. Turnovers have gone up by 0.3 from last year to this year. Like a hell of a lot more. It does. Um, the comfortability doesn't feel there for him right now. Feels like he's a little yep. uncomfortable. Um, I would say met expectations so far. Uh, maybe if I if the meter is like leaning, it's leaning towards like underachieved. Yeah. Um, but I would put it at met for me so far. Yeah, he hadn't he hadn't been bad. It's just like he's he's gotten better in some spots, but a little bit worse in other spots. So it kind of balances out to the met expectations. Also, the, I said that this list was in order by points. No, it's in order by minutes, mm. which will put number four as Jalen Williams, J-Dub, out of Santa Clara. Exceed, exceed, exceed. He has been really good. Similar to the way Josh, as a rookie, looked calm and, and poised and no moment was too big. 
for a guy that was a first year in the league player. Same with Jada. Like he goes out there every game shows us something different. He builds upon his performance from the previous game. Um, he does it on both ends. He plays one through four, like with the 12th pick. I don't know what else you want. I think him being fourth on the list on minutes per game for this team tells you all you need to know. Yeah. hundred like, percent overachieved. Like yeah. he's, he's playing very, very well. Is he having rookie struggles? Yes. But for a rookie, I think he's been very good. I think he will continue to be very good for this team. I am very excited for him moving forward. I think he's going to be a really good player. He's going to be freaking awesome. Um, as of today, if you were to make a guess, you fast forward to the year 2026. The Thunder are the second seed in the West, and only one of Josh and J-Dub still exist on the roster. Oh, that's so difficult. Who is it and why? I don't know. I'm going to say it's Josh. Okay. Because they packaged J-Dub to go get like a, a, a guy, like a dude, like an all-star. I think I, I agree with you on the same merit, but I think if you're going to go get an all-star, another team would prefer Josh over J-Dub. Interesting. Interesting. All right, let's move on. Our next guy, Nick, did he has he overachieved, underachieved, or met expectations? Alexei Pukashevsky. Hmm. Uh, there's a glass ceiling that I had put on Pukashevsky. Not not a low ceiling either. Like I, I still thought he could be a really really impactful uh, role player in three years. And that ceiling that I put on him in three years, he's already shot through it like in an elevator going way faster than it should just blew the roof off this thing. He is so damn good this year. 9.7 points a game, five rebounds, an assist and a half, nearly two blocks a game, shooting 41% from three on 3.3 attempts per game. He's been good, man. And the thing is with him, if you don't watch the Thunder, and most people don't, like people listen to this pod definitely do, but like, the average NBA fan. If you look at Poku's numbers, you would probably say like, "That's that's solid. Like he's a he's a good role player for this team. He's a guy that that does it statistically, but then when you watch the game, like the impact is so blatantly visible that you don't truly appreciate the Poku experience until you've seen it. So if there's anybody out there listening to this pod right now that has not watched a Thunder basketball game this year. Go watch one, not for SGA, but for Poku. Because he's a baller. <laughs> he's so much fun, dude. All right, let's go on to the next one. Uh, Poku, definitely over for me. He's been incredible. Next one, maybe we turned a little bit in a different direction here. Trey Mann. Definitely under. Um, although I don't fault him for it too much because he did have the uh, lower back injury and he's been super consistent with minutes this year. Some of that is because he hasn't played great. And on this team with how much young talent there is, if you're not playing great, you're not getting minutes mm-hmm. um, on the flip side of that. It is tough to um, come back from an injury and get a bunch of minutes and, and be slotted right back into the lineup. But his, his body of work for 2022, 2023, very underwhelmed. I have not, he's not had that, 
that moment of like, wow, he is a micro he, six man score. Yeah, here he is. We haven't had that yet. No. I'll go under as well. The three point percentage is at 29 right now. Going 0 of 9 against the Houston Rockets does not help that Yikes. very much. Um, I'm going to pick and choose from here on out um, because that's six guys in. Those are like the the big six. Uh, let's go Kenrich Williams next. I, I had a hard time pinning him when I was thinking about this exercise. Um, and sorry if you're going to go to this guy next, but I think Aaron Wiggins is in a similar boat where... I've not been underwhelmed by their play. I just haven't seen enough of it consistently. Like you look at Kenrich's numbers and they're down this year. You look at his minutes per game and, and you probably have it pulled up. It doesn't seem like he's playing less minutes per se, but it seems like there's games flat out. He's not playing and the minutes in which he's playing aren't consistent enough for really getting a rhythm. Mm-hmm. There's been like one or two moments where it's like, I forget which game it was, but Kenrich had like eight points in a two minute span. It's like, Oh, that's, that's Kenrich. Right. Or he's had, he has some good defensive plays, but it's just he's he's not out there consistently enough to really gauge whether I'm up or down on him. Same with Wiggins, like they're just neutral. Like I don't even know if I can say met. I just haven't seen enough consistently. I think that's fair. Um, let's go mm, two more. Jeremiah Robinson Earl overachieved. Oh, interesting. I would go under. Um. I think the three-point shooting has really impressed me. 40% on three a game. Um, Being an undersized center, you're going to get beat a lot. Like He's a good defender relative to his size against centers, but he still gets eaten alive every night. And that's not his fault. Like He's a 6'8", 6'9", combo forward being asked to play center because he's strong. Um, But to combat that, if you can make threes at a, at a high clip that puts your team in a great position to win on the offensive end, because that center that you're guarding has to come out and guard you on the perimeter, which opens up space. And that in turn allows SGA and other players to score at the level they do at the rim. Totally fair. I thought he would be a mainstay in the starting lineup and he hasn't been. That's why I would go underachieving. Do you, do you, you, look think, at his- you think he's, do you think he's, not earned the starting spot or do you think that Mark hasn't committed to him because he's still exploring? I just think he hasn't earned it. I I think there's, I think Poku offers you one thing. JRE offers you something completely different and it really varies on what they need every night. Yeah. For what it's worth though, J Rob last year shot 41.4% from the field this year, 50.8. Three-point percentage went from 35 to 40. Two-point percentage went from 47.8 to 60%. Yeah. So the efficiency has been much better. Uh, last one, Nick, on our Thunder players. Did they meet expectations, go under expectations, or exceed? Darius Baisley, which I think is a really interesting case study. Exceeded. Um, the offense is not always there. He he gets a lot of tunnel vision and there's times where when he catches the ball and starts driving, like, you know, he's not passing. He's going to do some sort of Euro or spin or flail into a defender and throw it up. Like, you know, it's coming. Like he gets that tunnel vision and you just know for a fact he is driving and he is shooting the ball. 
Um, he can be a ball stopper at times. Like the, the laundry list of things that you would like to see him improve upon is long, but defensively just that block rate, especially relative to fouls and the guys that he's blocking and defending that are usually a lot bigger and better than him. I mean, I didn't think he'd get better defensively from last year when he was really, really good. And he has, so he's also more recently knocked out a bunch of threes. So for what he is as a player on this team in the future, being a role player, if he's around long-term, I think he's doing that. Yeah. 21 blocks on the year for Baisley, only 20 fouls. I would put him at met expectations for me. Um, the defense has still been solid. Uh, no complaints there. I think most of the time he does a good job defensively. Does he miss some assignments or some communication sometime? Yeah, but they all do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not really going to knock him for that. Offensively, he's been what I've always expected him to be. Um, has he hit more threes recently? Yes. But in the same game, that Chicago game where he hit threes, he also airballed one. So like the consistency is not there at all. Um, I, I keep saying this. I just feel like he's a guy that's not going to be on this team long-term. Um so it is what it is, but I, I would put him at met expectations so far. Can uh, I can I ask you one real quick before we move on? Yeah. Um, Eugene, maybe I was just astronomically low on him coming into this season. Oh, like, he's definitely exceeded, but the sample size is so tiny that it's hard to make a judgment call. Do you think, and it's really hard to say with how much talent's on this team, but my favorite saying, in a vacuum, in three years when this team's competing, do you see a guy like him being a valuable, like 15th man? Like most 15th man on a roster don't play. Like there's a reason they're 15th. But given his like weird, quirky, unique upside as like this super strong, undersized guy that can defend some of the stronger players, like do, do you think he has value on a team that is actually trying to win something and, and spot circumstances? Or do you still think he's a guy that, He's here on a two-way, and we'll never see him again. He maybe has that value as a 15th man somewhere. I think with the amount of young guys OKC already has, plus assets in the future and these draft picks they're going to be making, um, they're going to have a somebody that has a higher upside and is younger at that 15th spot uh, versus him. So maybe for another team, yes. But for the way this team is building, I would say no. When Gigi Jackson's in a Thunder uniform next year. There you go. Isn't it crazy? I was looking at this today. If you take Kenrich Williams and Mike Muscala off this team, Eugenio Marui, 25 years old, is the oldest player. It's crazy. There's a bunch of kids out there. It is literally. And and with Mike being out right now and Kenrich not playing a ton, like it really is a bunch of kids. It's wild. Um, Okay, so... Speaking of Mike, speaking of Eugene, that kind of leads into this next question that I had for you, Nick. Maybe not a question as much as an observation. Big guys have become a problem for Oklahoma City. Um, I think we kind of expected this coming into the season, especially with no Chet. But it's clear OKC has a problem guarding opposing bigs. Um, Poku has been starting at center. Um, you could argue that he's like too skinny, too small, doesn't rebound very good. You could put JRE in there. He plays a little more physical, but at six foot eight, um, he's just limited. You know, nothing against J Rob. I think he's a, a fine guy and a good player. Just 
he's limited in what he can do. Um, we obviously know like Chet is out for the whole season. I decided to go back in the Thunder's previous 10 games and look at who that team's quote-unquote big was and look at their performance. Now, caveat to this, Taylor and I talked about this a couple nights ago on a post-game podcast. I don't think you can just look at a big man's points, assists, rebounds and say, oh, um, the big man dominated the game or big guys caused a problem for OKC. There's a lot of stuff that doesn't show up on their stat sheet that plays a role. Like for the Thunder, they have been doubling bigs a lot in post-up situations, which have led to ball reversals and the Thunder uh, having a one-on-two situation on the backside and scrambling and giving up open threes. That doesn't pop as a stat for that big man, but the way you're defending that big man is causing problems in other spots in your defense. Right. So with that being said, I still went back and I looked at the past 10 games and how the primary big man performed against the Thunder. You ready for these? Let's hear it. I'm kind of nervous. So I'm going in reverse order okay. against the Rockets. Shangun, 21.7 assists, 19 rebounds. Vucevic and the Bulls, 13 points, three assists, 13 rebounds. Jokic, Jokic gives everyone buckets, 39 points, nine assists, 10 rebounds. Julius Randle, 25 points and assist, 11 rebounds. Um, the next one is against the Memphis Grizzlies. Steven Adams only played like 12 minutes. So I went with Jaron Jackson Jr., who had 25 points, zero assists, 12 rebounds. Porzingis, 27, four and nine. Horford, 12, four, 11. Julius Randle again, 25, three and 10. Chris Boucher from the Toronto Raptors, 21 and 12. Brooke Lopez from the Bucks, 24, 1 and 13. The Thunder have been losing the rebounding battle like crazy. Opposing bigs are just feasting on the offensive glass. It feels like the Thunder need a big man. We kind of knew this coming into the season with no Chet. But, Nick, my question for you. And I think we both have a list here. OKC isn't likely going to go out and trade for a starting level center. With Chet in the wings for next year, that just doesn't make sense. They also want to get Chet in and see what Chet does before they make a decision on bringing in another high-profile piece, I would think at least. But what about a backup big man who could come in and offer you some relief this year at that center spot? And then next year, could be Chet's backup for 10, 15 minutes a game. Could maybe play next to Chet in the front court. I want to know some trade candidates. If the Thunder decided, you know what? We got something good going this year. We don't want to go invest a whole lot of money and a whole lot of assets. Yep. This isn't the trade Josh Gideon three firsts type of trade to go get someone big. This isn't a Miles Turner type trade I'm talking. I'm talking a guy who we would see as a backup big and can maybe back up Chet next year, but could come in and offer you that size, that physicality, and that defense that they need, and that especially that rebounding that they need this year, who still kind of fits within the mold of what Oklahoma City is building. So we're looking for like a very specific type of player here, right? Yeah. Um, I have a list of four guys. Do you have a list? Yeah. How many are on it? 
Six. Wow. Then I will let you go first. I want to see if any of our people on our list cross over. Question before you go. Yep. Did you take contract into consideration at all? No. Okay. Because the guys we're talking about, nobody's on a huge deal. Oh, okay. Um, interesting. Give me your first guy. Okay. I'm going to start small. This guy does not put up great numbers. Doesn't play a ton of minutes, but he's on a contending team. And we've seen many times um, take Bulbul, for example. Um, guys that just don't get minutes on a contending team go to a rebuilding team and they're great. Not to say this guy will be that, but Zeke Naji. Oh, that's a fun one. I did not have him on my list. Denver Nugget. He's 6'11. He's not the physical guy that you think about when you think about a center that could fix this team's issues. He's not a great rebounder, really, either. Um, but he's big. He knocks down threes at a high clip. Um, I just think he's he's longer and he's more athletic than some of the guys the Thunder can throw out there right now outside of Poku. Um, he's been really bad from three this year. He's 22%, but the two seasons prior on a larger sample size, over 40% from three. So I think he's a guy that if Denver says, hey, yeah, we'd like to get a little bit better. Um, here's a young guy that fits your timeline. Give us back somebody that helps us now. Even swap, maybe it works. Um, I think he could be a guy that helps. Again, he's not... He's not the 7'1", 240 guy that you think about, but he he's listed at 6'10", 6'11", can stretch the floor. I don't know. I mean, he can also play power forward next to Chet next year when he's back. That's an interesting one. He's under contract this year and next year. Uh, for lowish money this year, it's 2.6. Next year is 4.3. That's an interesting one. That's not one I considered. Um, what does a, a trade with Denver for Zeke look like? I think with a lot of these, the answer is going to be Mike in a second or Kenrich straight up. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Kenrich would fit exactly what Denver does. So yeah. you had six. I had four. You just gave us one. You're down to five. Give us one more. All right. Let's go bring him back. A former Thunder. He's currently on a team that was trying to win this year. I know, I know who this is because I thought about them too. on your list. Not on my list. I thought about him. Okay. Um, Nerlens Noel. Yep. He, whenever Detroit this summer made the move to get him and they also traded it separately for Bogdanovich and they started loading up with some of these vets and you think, okay, maybe Detroit's going to eclipse that 30, 35 win mark. They've not. Um, They're not on pace whatsoever. Maybe, and he's not played a lot either. Maybe they're willing to part ways with him for a second and a salary dump, right? Like, I don't know what it is, but I think he... We've seen him in Oklahoma City. We've seen what he can do defensively, and and I think he'd be a great backup big if he can stand the roster longer term and and back up Chet even. Like he would love to have him back in the system. He ten million this year, a team option ten million next year, so you could just let him go. Yep. Um, the team that he plays for, the Detroit Pistons, their GM is buddy, buddy. great friends with Sam Presti. They've traded before. Makes a lot of sense. Would you give up? I, I say hell no. Would you give up Baisley in the deal for Nerlens Noel? If you if so. you know you're not paying him, I don't think so. I don't know. If that you, would make that if, would make sense. I've also wondered was um, Troy Weaver the the GM of Detroit? Was he like in the camp of draft Baisley because he was with OKC at that time? 
we definitely know he was part of the Hamadou Diallo, and that's why he tr- like draft. That's why he traded for Hami. So yeah. that one's really interesting to me. Uh, I don't know if I would do Baisley straight up for I mean, him. I think I I agree with you. But back to the Hami trade, a guy that you know is going to be needing a new contract soon, and if you're dead set on we're not giving it to him. Yeah, but the Thunder also got a pick in that trade as well. Uh, for sure, for sure. But if you, you, know. if, you if it was Baisley for and it, money doesn't work, but Baisley for Noel in a second, same as Hami deal. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I think you do it. I think you yeah. do it. Okay. Um. So you've done two. We're both now at four. You're up. I'm going to start at the bottom of my list as well. A guy we've talked about on this podcast before. Um, not making a lot of money on a rookie scale deal. Um, I think is pretty well out of favor in his current home. Don't know if he fits the style that the Thunder want. Maybe you bring him in as a flyer. Uh, don't know how it goes, but I've got Jackson Hayes from the New Orleans Pelicans. He is on my list as well. Is he really? He is. He has appeared in eight games this season, uh, not getting many minutes at all. In those eight games that he's played in, he's averaging eight minutes. Uh, last year he played in 70 games, started 28. Um, not a three point shooter. Um, not a super physical guy. He's six eleven, two twenty. Freak athlete. Yeah, crazy athlete. You want to talk about getting a lob threat? There's your lob threat. Um, you know, can play some pick and roll with really anyone. And he can play uh, power forward. Yeah. I I don't know what a trade would look like here. Um but it's an interesting one. He that there's a reason this one's at the bottom of my list. I think I think he could put up numbers for Oklahoma City. I agree. I, I feel like they'd be empty calorie numbers. Oh, I mean, and most, I don't know how how much are. defensively he would like help your team. I think he's underrated as a defender. I really do. Uh, not a great rebounder, but also hasn't played like a ton of minutes in his career. So he's an interesting one. I don't know. Yes. Okay. So Jackson Hayes off the board. Uh, give us another one of yours. Or do you want no? You went you went twice, so I'll go twice. Okay, go ahead. I'll go twice. Same team. I'm going back to New Orleans. Willie Hernan, or I guess not Willie. It's Billy Hernan Gomez. Any thoughts? Uh, I dive into some stats. I'm gonna need some stats for you to convince me on this one. <laughs> 28 years old, six eleven, two fifty. Um, doesn't really shoot the three ball either. Decent rebounder. Um, this season he's appeared in seven games, so he's not playing much for New Orleans either. Um, so maybe you can get him for a little bit cheaper. He is under contract for this season and then next season at a measly 2.5 million. Um, again, there's a reason he's at the bottom half of my list, just a big body to bring in, uh, someone who can bang around a little bit, snag some rebounds, set some screens, um, doesn't offer you as much offensive versatility as, as Jackson Hayes does with the lob threat, but interesting nonetheless. I think he'd be a, I mean, if you could, okay, take two steps back. None of these trades, I wouldn't say none. Many of these trades would not happen unless the Thunder were going to push for a plan. Like if, if, if you're not, there's probably no point in giving up an asset for Hernan Gomez or Noel for that matter. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the younger guys that you could maybe resign, like a Jackson Hayes, it could be part of the future. Sure. Like regardless of which direction you go. Um, I would, I would entertain bringing him to Oklahoma city for a bag of chips. If it came to it and they wanted to push for the plan, I'll say to that, 
I'm not super sold on that. Okay, touche. So I've gone to, uh, he is not on your list. So I'm down to two guys left. You have three guys left. Correct. Give me one of your guys. I'll stay low. I mean, all, all these guys are like very marginal pieces. Um, a younger guy relative to experience. He's almost 25 years old, so he's not super young, but Nick Richards. Um, he's on the Charlotte Hornets. He is seven feet tall, 245. So he's got that size, both both height, and he's got some some weight to him as well. Uh, would 245 be the heaviest player in the Thunder? I don't know oh, if yeah. the roster pulled up. I'm, I'm um, pretty sure it would be. He doesn't shoot threes. Like when I say doesn't shoot, he hadn't shot a three since his rookie year, which was three years ago. Um, this year he's averaging 10 points and seven rebounds a game while shooting 60% from the floor. Last year he shot 67% from the floor. Like all of his shots are, are putbacks and, and dunks and lobs and those kinds of things. Um, hadn't started many games in his career. He's kind of a perennial backup kind of guy, but if that's somebody that gets you through the season, so you don't get torched on the boards, um, and, and by guys that are opposing centers, Maybe you get him for cheap and bring him in and he turns into something. I don't know. But with, with the Hornets bringing in like Mark Williams and these other guys, I think you get him for almost nothing. Interesting. Didn't really think of that at all. Really haven't ever thought of Nick Richards until you said his name about 30 <laughs> seconds ago. So yeah. Second okay. round pick. I mean, he's, I have, he's not a nobody. Yeah. I have two left on my board, Nick. Um, both of them are, one of them is a little bit bigger of a name. That's who I'm going to go with next. Yes, and I'm going to I'm going to save my favorite one for last. Uh, already been mentioned over here in the chat. Uh, a guy that is out of the rotation, making a little bit more money. Um, so that might be a bit of a, a problem because you're taking on long term money. Also a little bit older at 29 years old. Uh, but Rashawn Holmes, <sighs> is he on your list? No. What was the awe for then, dude? Ever since he's gotten paid, he's just like fallen off. And I'm not saying that he's a guy that got his bag and he's just not trying anymore. But like you look at his numbers pre-contract and post-contract, he went from like this 27-year-old late bloomer that can help the Kings win starting starting big to like barely plays, doesn't start any games, and his production minutes are like plummeted. Yep. Uh, last season, he only played in 45 games. This season, he's only appeared in 10, started zero. He's averaging 11 minutes yeah. in those 10 games. Yeah. Um, but when you look at like last season where he played 23 minutes or the season before that where he played uh, 29 the season minutes. before that was, was pre-contract. The 2020-2021 year, yeah. yeah. Um, so let's go, go back to last year, bigger sample size. In 24 minutes, 10.7 rebounds, an assist and a block a game. Um, shot 66.4% from inside the arc. I uh, didn't really shoot twos much at all. Or I'm sorry, didn't shoot threes much at all. He's a high energy rim rolling yeah. big man that I think could back up Chet uh, whenever the time came. The problem is you mentioned he got a payday. He is owed 12 million or 11.2 million this year, 12 million next year. And then in 2024, 2025, he's got a player option for 12.8. Uh, very hard number for the Thunder to match right now. Yeah, that almost makes me feel like it's such a negative contract that the Kings would have to be like attaching an asset to get off of him or getting pennies in the dollar in return. I just, I don't know. 
Yeah. I I thought this one was interesting. I think the fit is interesting. I think the age plus the contract probably makes it unrealistic. Yeah. No, I mean, I if, again, if Oklahoma City was, I don't know how many games will be in at the trade deadline. Let's say they're they're 20 and 20. And you're like, man, this team is too far out to even continue tanking. Like they've, it's either push to the play in or, or middle out and get the 11th pick. Then that's a guy I'm like, yeah, I'll just go for it. Okay. You have two left. I have one left. Give us yep. your next one. Um, let's go. You better not Nick. steal my number one. You son of a gun. There's no way. Uh, he's a New York Nick. Okay. Isaiah Hartenstein. Oh, I love Isaiah Hartenstein. I don't think the Knicks are giving him up when they sign him for free agency. I don't either. But that's a fun one. But he, I think when they signed him, you know, there's him um, and then there's Mitchell Robinson. And I think they were trying to figure like, who's going to be the starter of these two guys? Like Mitchell is younger and like this up and coming athletic shot blocker that doesn't really have offense. Whereas Hartenstein's this guy that can shoot threes and he's a bigger body and more physical like who wins the starting spot? And to this point, like no one really knows. Like Hartenstein started seven of the nineteen games. You see Mitchell Robinson other times. It's just this weird mix of like who's who's the five in New York? We don't know. Um, but he's he's been okay. Like he's never been a double digit scoring guy. Um, he's a much improved rebounder this year. He's averaging basically seven and seven, seven point seven rebounds. Um, not shooting well from beyond the arc. Only twenty three percent. He was forty six percent last year. So curious to see like was last year a fluke or is this year is he just down but if new york were to want to change directions or um acquire somebody to help them win like maybe they maybe they think ken rich over isaiah or moose guy who knows like just hypothetically i think he could be a guy that could be interesting for a short-term stopgap i like it I would love Isaiah Hartenstein. 250 pounds. We keep talking about this team doesn't have size either direction, like seven foot 250. That's a guy you plop right in the middle and he, he fixes a lot of things. All right. You want to give us your number one or you want me to go? Um, I'll go. Okay. This guy's also not on your list. I'm almost positive. He is undersized. So he's okay. Not yeah. Not, that's not my guy then. Okay. Like taco fall. Um, no, this, <laughs> this guy is six ten. 235. Okay, not my guy. 24 years old. Oh, okay. I'm intrigued. He averages 5.2 points a game, 3.6 rebounds per game, and is not a three-point shooter. So you're like, oh, why would you want this guy? He's also not started the game this year. But he is somebody that plays much bigger than he is. Similar to Holmes, I think he like kind of brings that energy and physicality to a team that you can't really measure in the stat sheet. Is it Mon- no, 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 never mind. Never mind. You say it's 24. Daniel Gafford. Oh, I like it. I like it a lot. I don't, I, I wanted to put him on the list. Yeah. I didn't know. I don't know enough about the wizards to know if they would be willing to give him up. Uh, he would be awesome. Shot blocking machine. Yeah. And, and he's, he's like a, a center by nature, but could easily play a power forward alongside Chet. That's an interesting one. If the Wizards would give him up, I would be very into that. He's played in 19 games this year, uh, started zero, 13 minutes per game in those 19. Um, yeah, he's. Uh, I, I think a lot of what he does, you can't, you can't, me- you, can you physically can't measure his impact. Yeah, um, he's an interesting one for sure. I would, I would be very in on that. 
I'll be very in on that. Good. I'm glad I'm glad I saved him for last. All right. You better blow me away now. I don't think I'm going to blow you away, but whenever I decided that we were going to do this centers thing tonight, uh, I made that decision like five hours ago at the gym. And I was thinking, and I, I landed on this guy. And the more I thought about it, the more I was like, this makes a lot of sense. Oh, God. I kind of like it. So this guy, um, height-wise, little undersized. He's only 6'9". But he's an absolute unit, Nick. Thick boy, 260. He is wide. For his career, he shoots 34% from three on three attempts a game. Sorry, 2.4 attempts a game. Let's uh let's not not inflate the stats too much here. In his uh best season uh offensively, he shot 52% from the floor, uh 35% from three on two and a half attempts a game. Maybe my my two favorite things about him right now is that he's only on the hook for 1.9 million this year. He is in a contract year. You could extend him uh if you wanted to. I also think he might be gettable. He's appeared in 13 games this season, started in zero, and that is because his team already has two premier centers on the team. You still don't know who it is? I mean, 260 pounds. There ain't many of those guys in the league. And his team has two premier centers. That start. Oh, so the Minnesota Timberwolves. Yes. It can't be Nas Reed. It's Nas Reed, no. who is 23 years old. Okay, that must be an old database. Nas Reed lost like 40 pounds over the summer. He's oh, did he really? No, yeah. Uh, basketball Reference has him as 6'9", 264. Fine. I, I read something this summer. Uh, he's down to 237. Oh, good for him. Yeah, he looks really good. Still, uh, 23 years old. Yeah. Contract year. Uh, you could extend him for not a whole lot as your backup center next year, which is what he's played his entire career is backup yep. center. Very willing to shoot threes, uh, shoots two and a half a game on average. Um, isn't the biggest rebounding guy, but he also has never played more than 20 minutes a game in his t- entire career on average. Um, I mean, he's just a big body you can throw out there and, and he can, I mean, you want to talk about a guy that plays big. He plays yep. big. I'm fully in. Um, I, I like taking swings on guys that are former like big time recruits, especially guys like him that he, so he went to LSU. Mm-hmm. He was a top 15 recruit recruit in the country. He was okay at LSU. He went to the draft after one year, didn't get drafted. So I think he's a guy that's still untapped because he only played one college year. Hasn't played a ton in Minnesota. He's, he's gotten good minutes in Minnesota, but he hadn't played a huge role. I don't know if we've seen what Nasreed could be in a real rotation. Yeah. And is he going to get much of an opportunity this year in Minnesota behind no. Gobert and Cat? No. Like, no. And they are a team that may be primed to make a move because they have vastly underachieved. Yeah. They're an interesting one. He's like an interesting one. I, like I would I would be in on that. I don't know what it, what the trade would be. Um so if, if you could trade any of the 10 players, trade for any of the 10 players we just talked about for 
X. Like the 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 return trade is the same for any player, right? Who who is most intriguing at the ten? Our two top ones, Gafford and Nas Reed. I think I still go Jackson Hayes. Interesting. Interesting. I, I just think he like the 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 freak athletic. He brings the level of athleticism that yeah. they don't have for sure. Hundred percent. All right. This was fun. I like this. Uh let's hit around the association. Before we do that, though, we're gonna take a quick commercial break. What's up, Thunder fans? This is Jacob from the Uncontested Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that we have fully redesigned our merch store to get you the best Thunder swag available. Just visit cottonbureau.com and search the Uncontested Podcast to find all of our new designs. That's C-O-T-T-O-N-B-U-R-E-A-U.com and search The Uncontested Podcast to find new drops like Josh Giddy's Wizard of Oz or an ode to the Trey Man Step Back. We've also got all the classics like Dortal Combat, Lu Tang Clan, and everyone's favorite MVP, Shea Gilgis Alexander. The best part? You can get any design and the style of apparel you want. So if you're gearing up for the summer and want a tank top, needing a hoodie for the winter in Australia, or you're wanting a Pokemon onesie for your baby, we've got you covered. Make sure to go to CottonBureau.com and search The Uncontested Podcast to get your new Thunder gear today. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic 
Dominic Toretto I Live My Life a Quarter Mile at a Time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. I don't even know where you're sitting at. <laughs> All right, Nick, continuing this theme of overachieving, underachieving, and expectations a quarter of the way into the season, let's bring that to league-wide. I want to revisit some tanking assumptions. We have, what is this, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams that we thought would really be in the tank race this year. Um, And I'm going to list off a team. I want you to drop them in one of these three buckets. Bucket number one is a lock for the top three odds. Bucket number two is they're on the fence. And bucket number three is they're going to need an injury or a trade or a really strong, uh, we're sending everyone to tank move in order to get down low enough to get the odds they want. Got it? Yep. So three buckets. Your first team, the Detroit Pistons. Although to this point, they're one of the bottom three teams. I still think they're on the fence. Like they've in Cade's hurt right now, which just makes it even weirder to say they've got the talent to be a potential play in team. They may already be too far removed. Um, and they may say, you know what? Cade's out for a month. We're going to, we're going to blow it up. But I still think Detroit is, is the second or third best team on this list. Interesting. That's a second. That's a take. I, I'm leaning towards lock for the top three odds. Uh, they're just bad, and with no Cade, I think they'll continue to be bad. Uh, next team on the list, the team that just whacks the thunder, the Houston Rockets. Uh, I'm going to create a new bucket lock for the worst team in the league. <laughs> Fair. Um, they beat Oklahoma City's ass. Like, there's no like skirting around it. We've talked about this before, Nick. That's an AAU team. Like yeah. as far as structure and culture and style of play, it's an AAU team. They have so much talent. Like they have a lot of fun guys that can drop. Oh, Jalen Green is insane. Yeah, so much fun. But is there any sort of like rational offense being played? No. It's I want to ISO and jab step and go behind, between the legs five times and then pull up a three. And when he's hot, he's freaking hot. Yeah. But they turn the ball over more than anyone in the league. There's just there's no structure. It's almost like an all star game. Yeah, and it's it's fun when it's fun, but God, it's bad when it's bad. Agreed. Next team on the list, the Orlando Magic. Also a lock for the top three. Um, I think I would agree. They've been bad. They they have a lot of good pieces. Yes. If there is one team that I really like the direction of their rebuild and what they, the pieces that they have, I like Orlando more than Houston or uh, Detroit. Yeah, I don't think this has been talked about a lot, at least maybe just on our podcast or the, the circle that we're in. But if they got Wimby, 
Holy cow. That'd be ridiculous. They'd be really good. Ridiculous. Next team, the San Antonio Spurs. Um, I'm allowed Currently to say on an eight-game losing streak. I'm allowed to say this because I, I've only put two teams in this bucket. Lock for top three. They're the third of the third of the three. They gonna trade Pirtle? <laughs> Doesn't matter. They still suck. Yeah, I think they should trade Pirtle. He would not be on my list of Thunder Bigs. Hell no. Um. Oh, oh, I'm gonna put him on the fence. Ooh. Next is the Charlotte Hornets. They are a. Fence team for me. Even with Gordon Hayward out? Yeah. I mean, even when they were fully healthy for like that minute, like for a while it was like LaMelo is out, the Melo came back, now Gordon's out. Even when they were healthy for like that little bitty stretch, weren't very impressive. No faith in Teo Maladone. Yeah. He's had some good games though. Uh, next, the Oklahoma City Thunder. They're also on the fence. Um, I wouldn't say they're so good. They need an injury to tank because we've seen them lose a lot of games this year, like especially against Houston. Like they're not that bad every night, but they have the ability to be really bad. Um, there's nice SGA is the only player that looks competent. There's nice. They look really, really good too. And as such middle ground means on the fence. I think that's fair. I would probably put them on the fence as well, leaning towards needs an injury or needs like blatantly tanking. Yeah, they're the top uh, end of that bucket. Because if if they play their guys for the whole year, I think the Thunder are ending with the eighth, ninth, tenth best lottery odds. I would say six, seven, eight. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Which, but the, which would be on the fence mm-hmm. by definition. The Indiana Pacers. I'm going to put them in the need injury or trade. Miles They've been Turner, good, man. Miles Turner has been freaking awesome. Buddy Heald, he gets a lot of flack, but that dude, like every single year, there's like stats that come out. You see on like stat news and stuff where it's like most made threes by anybody in the league, Buddy Heald. And it's like, mm-hmm. if he was on a team that got attention, he would be viewed so differently. Like they, they have... Ben Matherin has been killing ben it. Been awesome. Halliburton is awesome. Just, Jalen Smith has been good. Like they're they they need to trade Miles Turner and our buddy Heald to for me to even say they're on the fence. Hey, speaking of uh, the Indiana Pacers and circling back to centers, Goga Batadze. No. Okay. <laughs> Easy enough. Last one that you touch as. Uh, same. Uh, they have lost a lot recently. I think they're two and six in their last eight or something like that. Start out. Um, even then, when you win that many games early, like the 12 wins they have now, teams like Houston, Orlando, Detroit won't have 12 wins until February. So at some point, you've you've created this gap that's so large that the time it would take Houston to win 10 games to get to that 14th win, Utah will have won six games. It's just like, it's, it's never going to overlap. And I think, I don't think they have a chance to fall in the bottom three. So I'm going to put them in the need injury or tank because even the, on the fence teams, they've got three, four, five games on. And these teams are so bad that it's, it's hard to cover that kind of ground. Completely agree. Completely agree. Um, same theme, but removing the tank teams, 
as far as expectations are concerned, who is a team that you had high preseason that's just disappointed you so far? Um, I'll go with the Warriors. Like they've gotten a lot better, but man, they started so bad. Yeah, eleven and ten now. Uh, I think they won their second road game of the year today. Yeah. Two and nine on the road. Just uncharacteristically, uncharacteristically bad for the veterans they have on the roster. Totally agree. Totally agree. Um, Golden State was going to be my team. Uh, another team that's really underachieved uh, that I probably had a little bit higher would be the Miami Heat. 10 and 11. They just haven't been that great. One that I was right on that a lot of people, if we had all six of us in the pod, Simone said this. Dallas, they're now under 500. A lot of people thought they were like, Christian Wood's in town. Even if he can't play defense, he's a great secondary piece and they're going to be a six, seven seed. And I was like, I just don't see it. And yeah. I still don't see it. One of my categories was the team you hit the nail on the head. Sounds like yours is Dallas. Yeah. Um, Mine, I mean, I want to say the Cavs, but everyone thought the Cavs were going to be really good. So it's really hard to say the Cavs. I thought New Orleans was going to be really good. I mean, when you look at the standings, New Orleans is fourth. That's but, that's that's really good. Well, yeah, but they're two games out of first. And they're one and a half games out of ten. Everybody's like this right now. Yeah, the West is just it's a it's a train wreck right there in the middle. Everyone's just so close. Um, What about a team that you slept on in the preseason that is killing it? Can't say the Utah Jazz. Let's go, man. That's really hard. Mm Hmm. A lot of teams are not killing it that I slept on. Sacramento's better than I thought they would be. For now. Um, Atlanta's been, I mean, they're 11 and 9. It's like, it's not great. I can't, I can't sleep on Atlanta. I know I'm you can't. high on Atlanta. I'll go with, I'll go with the Clippers only because 12 and 9 with Kawhi missing as much as he had is actually pretty impressive. Yeah, MPG's been out as well. Yeah. That's a fair one. Um, I don't know. Portland, if we did this podcast like five days ago, I would have said Portland because they were like number two in the West. Yeah. But yeah, uh, that's how it is in the Western Conference. You lose a game, you go from first to seventh. So awesome. Nick, any other thoughts, big ideas, opinions, revelations that you need to get off your chest before we get out of here? Um, not Thunder or NBA related, but go USA. Hey, they play Iran tomorrow at what? Like 1 PM. If they win, I think it's gosh, I've got it in my calendar. I don't know off the top of my head. I think it's, isn't it Tuesday though? Not Monday. Oh yes. That's right. Tuesday, 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 1 PM. If they win, they're in, which would be awesome to be in that final group of 16. Go USA. Hope they win. I, uh, I'm going to have to have that game pulled up on the laptop at work. Yeah. Keep an eye on it. Should be a fun one. Well, we will be back with you guys in about 24 hours. Uh, JD has the post game against the New Orleans Pelicans Monday night. And then on Wednesday, Justin is with you guys for the San Antonio Spurs game. Wrapping up with Taylor on Saturday as the Thunder take on the Minnesota Timberwolves. 
to I believe is that the start of that long road trip? I think it is. I so. Um, so Taylor will be with you guys on Saturday. And then we're back here next Sunday, 9 p.m. as always. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, I'm sure you guys are getting tired of hearing my voice four times this week. So uh, we'll get you a little bit of new blood in here with Silva tomorrow. Enjoy it. Hopefully the Thunder come away with a win. Or if you're on a uh, team, be icky for Vicky. Maybe they lose. I'm just looking forward to the Poku versus Zion matchup. We'll be back with you guys soon. Until then, have a great start to your week. And as always, thumbs up. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.